The gospel lesson today comes from gospel according to Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 25. And let me just remind you, this is God's word to us. It's given to us because he loves us. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This is the gospel of our Lord. Uh, the first weekend in December, I was actually, uh, Jesse and my wife and I were in Alabama visiting my parents, and we went to church that Sunday morning. We were there, and we didn't know it, but we picked the service that was there, uh, like uh, children and youth service, and they had a little thing that they did with Father Christmas and, and, uh, and all this kind of stuff, and when they got done with it, I figured what was next was the sermon, and as it turned out, that skit was the sermon. And uh, they just moved right on to communion. I suggested we do that, uh, but uh, that got shot down. So we'll be good Presbyterians, and we'll still have the preaching of the Word, even though I know that uh, this is not what you came for. Was My 10 minutes of a homily, you're here for the main event, which we will get to uh, shortly. So by way of prelude uh, to the Christmas pageant here in just a second, I want us to think about, let's do a little uh, reflection, a little thought experiment uh, how differently our Christmas pageant may have looked today should Joseph made different choices after receiving a message from the angel of the Lord in a dream. What if Joseph would have chosen differently? Joseph finds out that his betrothed Mary, the one who is legally uh, pledged to him to be married, is pregnant. He knows that the child is not his, but Joseph, being a just man, our text in Matthew 1 tells us, is also a compassionate man, and he resolves to divorce Mary quietly. He's not going to marry an adulteress, but he won't humiliate Mary either. He's not going to punish her with a public spectacle and drama. He'll quietly end the legal pledge to be married and move on with his life. He figures she's got a man and uh, he can have her. Sorry, I don't mean to cross my arms, but I'm shivering up here. I'm cold. Um, that's very like homiletics 101, very bad form to cross your arms. Uh, 
So, uh, but it's, I'm, I'm literally, I'm cold. I'm sorry you're cold too. Uh, but then uh, he has this dream. Joseph has this dream and an angel tells him this wild news that Mary, uh, the child that Mary carries in her womb is conceived not by an affair with another man, he presumes, but by the Holy Spirit, in fact, by God himself. And imagine you had a dream like that last night. Imagine you had a dream like that last night. How would you respond when you woke up this morning? I've had some dreams that definitely felt like they meant something, you know, more than just my wacky subconscious uh, going off in the middle of the night, like a message of sorts. But I have never had any kind of dream uh, so clear that I could ever come close to interpreting as a message from God. So Joseph wakes up from this dream, and he has a choice. He has a lot of choices to make, but he has one big one. So what if? What if Joseph had rubbed the sleep from his eyes and you know, kind of stretched and had a big yawn and sort of shook his head and said, well, that was wild, shrugged his shoulders, and then proceeded to divorce Mary quietly as he had planned to do? What if Joseph would have done the cost-benefit analysis and decided the shame and the embarrassment of still marrying a woman who clearly cheated on him wasn't worth it? And he divorced Mary, as he intended to do. What if he didn't think sacrificing his pride as a just man was worth it? If she cheats, it's over, no exceptions. So what does our Christmas pageant look like without Joseph? Does Christmas Day even still happen at all? I suppose it does. God certainly is capable of executing his plans with or without Joseph's involvement. But we know that the circumstances of the first Christmas were dicey enough as they were. But imagine a poor, pregnant, publicly shamed teenager. And make no mistake, you know, once it got out, there was no man that was the father of this child. She would have been publicly shamed no matter what Joseph might have intended. Because ain't nobody going to believe her story, how she got pregnant. So imagine this pregnant teenager traveling alone, making a dangerous journey, but doing it all by herself, without Joseph. Does she even make it to Bethlehem? Instead of a quaint scene, which, let's be honest, there was nothing quaint about the first Christmas it was extremely difficult, no matter how cute our kids are about to make it. The first Christmas was perilous. It was messy. It was difficult. But imagine this quaint scene, instead of Mary wrapping Jesus in swaddling cloths and lying him in a manger with the cattle lowing and the doves cooing in the rafters, perhaps Jesus instead is born in the back alley of Nazareth. Because his mom is homeless. Now, of course, I don't know. I don't know. This is just a thought experiment, as I said. Not so much, though, for the fun of it, but to highlight for us that Joseph choosing to wake up in the morning and do exactly as the angel instructed was no small thing. 
Now, maybe it's an easy decision when you have a dream like the one Joseph has. I don't know. As I said, I've never had any dream. He comes even close to the kind of dream that Joseph has. Even still, the consequences were not easy for Joseph. Joseph certainly had his own dreams, his own aspirations. I don't imagine it included fathering a mysterious child under dubious circumstances. I mean, virgin births were not an everyday occurrence, no matter what an angel of the Lord may tell you. I don't imagine his dreams included marrying a woman and choosing to delay his own wants and desires that come with marrying a woman for nine plus months while she carried this mysterious child to term and gave birth to him. And yet this man chooses to set aside his own dreams, accept the risks involved in order for his wife, a woman, in a heavily patriarchal society to live out her God-given calling. That is no small thing. Jameson last week preached on expectations and disappointment, that so much of our struggle, our suffering, our heartaches and pains distill down to the expectations we have and the disappointment when those expectations are not Realized, And the key to no longer being dominated and controlled by the constant battle of unmet expectations is to sit with the reality that God does not promise that all our expectations will be met in this life. God cannot and will not be controlled. You will either learn to sit with that fact quietly and choose to allow God to be as he is, not as you want him to be, or you will continue to fight a losing battle with him. But God, what God does promise, and this is enough, is that he will be with us. Now, you want to see someone who trusted in this promise? Then I give you Joseph of the house of David, of Nazareth, a carpenter. You know, Joseph doesn't get much attention in the Gospels. He takes a background role to marry, and rightly so. But I don't think the fact that not much ink is spilt on Joseph really matters to him. Because Joseph understands that there are three promises that are communicated to us in God's Word, and he trusted in these promises. These main things that God consistently communicates to his people throughout the story of Scripture. Do not be afraid. Verse 20. I am with you, verse 23, because I love you, implied in verse 25, when the angel tells him to name this child Jesus, which means our God saves. And that's all that matters. The rest of it, you're free to allow what is and listen to the voice of God over you telling you, you don't have to be afraid. I am with you. I love you. And I like to think that there were days that Jesus, later in life, and he's an adult, thought that what was being asked of him was outrageous and not what was expected. He was human after all. And I like to think that along with the bold and courageous example of his mother, there was also the example of his just, compassionate, quiet, Obedient, faithful father, Joseph. Willing to allow the dreams of others 
to become his dreams so that all God's people might be saved. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.